Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Sunday Messages. This is Reverend Sydney Finn, and this week we're going to be talking about spiritual narcissists. And let me go ahead and just throw the definition that I'm using for this episode so we are all on the same page and you know exactly what I'm talking about. So a spiritual narcissist, I kind of throw them into two categories. So you have, they're both abusive and narcissistic in their approach, but they usually have two different um, styles or flavors is what I found. So the first version of a spiritual narcissist is essentially someone who is hiding under a veil of spirituality, but instead of the focus being co-creation, working together, and uh, doing the healing work, the motive is they want to basically plug into your crown chakra, remove your autonomy, and kind of chip away at your ability to think and choose for yourself in order for them to make you of service to them. So this is extremely uh, taxing on the crown chakra. This is what you see with cult leaders. I would put cult leaders in this category of spiritual narcissist, which is basically just plugging into the crown. And this is the type of narcissist where they are are fully under the impression that their way of being is the only way to be, the only way to exist, and they reject anything that could potentially challenge them. So the strategy here is the majority of the time they will try to plug into people's crown or or basically take a baseball bat to the crown and see if they can break through in order to start manipulating your belief systems. So that's the first type of spiritual narcissist. The second type is a little bit different. So this is more of like the the abusive boyfriend type of spiritual narcissist. Now, the mechanics of the second type is that they will not emphasize boundaries. So they might open up the floodgates with you. And then when you start approaching them or leaning on them or asking questions, if there's any type of rupture or or any type of issue within the boundaries, they'll actually blow up at you. And even though you're acting within the parameters that they've set, they will actually make you the villain in the situation, even though it was their responsibility to set a appropriate boundaries and communicate with you. And both of these types of spiritual narcissists will not be able to repair ruptures with you. So it's something where if you were to go to them and say, hey, you know, this, I found this to be really inappropriate, rather than trying to solve the problem with you and, and create deeper intimacy with you, they're actually going to put it back on you. So they're going to shift all of the responsibility onto you instead and make attempt to make you feel bad about it. That's the mechanics of this entire thing. The other characteristic that I want you to keep in mind is that spiritual narcissists 
will oftentimes use spiritual bypassing as a tool in order to like muddy the waters and and also make you seem like you're the bad guy because you're having a human experience. So these are the type of people who will overemphasize things like positivity, like, oh, just think positive and all your problems will go away. Or people who will throw out like a cliche spiritual saying that makes no sense. Or they'll say like, oh, you're so close to having a breakthrough. Or they're they're just going to minimize your experience or try to make you believe that they're, they're not causing any friction with you. So this is basically a shift. The, the name of the game in narcissism is how do I shift responsibility and violate peace, people's boundaries, whether it be through the crown, which is the first type, or through the low belly, through the, um, the actual boundary center of the body. So that is, in a nutshell, what a spiritual uh, narcissist is. And so I have two stories that I recorded previously when I was in the heat of the moment uh, that I am going to be sharing with you now. And then um, we will wrap up with our usual prayer and tarot card pull. And without further ado, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I found a spiritual narcissist and I had to figure out how to navigate that situation. So I'm going to tell you the story because this is fresh on my mind and I think it'll be really good for you guys to also hear about what this really looks like moment by moment. And this this is the type of stuff that I want to talk about on here because this is like the bread and butter of this podcast. So Let me go ahead and dive in. I'm sure you're like, why are you excited about having found a spiritual narcissist? And it's just because I have the opportunity to share it with you. And I also feel like I know how to navigate it a little bit better, even when I get really fired up about it. So I'm I'm just going to dive into the story of what happened. So recently I found somebody on Instagram that I was under the impression was a healthy healer. Like from the outside I was like, "Oh, okay, this person is talking about things in a different way. This is this is interesting to me. You know, it's it's refreshing anytime I I find someone who has different uh thoughts, ideas, and opinions." So I started a conversation with her and everything seemed fine. It was just like some shallow chit chat, whatnot. And so then this was maybe a week later or so. I reached back out to her about something and we started talking about retreats, this, that, and the other thing. You know, again, like pretty, pretty shallow conversation. Like it was nothing major. And I used the word hippie, not like in a oh, these filthy hippies, right? That, that would be totally different. Um, but I, I just used that word. And to me, uh, hippie has such a like positive connotation to me where I'm like, oh, you know, like a cute little hippie town with health food stores and crystal shops. Like it's, it's something that even if it's stereotypical or whatnot, it's, it's a good word to describe like a flavor and an essence. And so I personally do not abandon language just because it's a descriptor. Like a labels can actually be really useful and good. So I, I'm definitely all upside when it comes to this. 
And this is red flag number one, and I'll explain why. So after I say this, I use the word hippie. <gasps> I know. It's, it's so horrible. Of the, on the list of offensive words, I mean, hippie's got to be at the top. So the way she responds is, I personally don't use words like hippie, in quotes. And I mean, okay, that's fine in some cases, okay? In some cases, that might be okay. But in this case, what was actually happening is she was actually trying to break through my crown chakra. So I would describe this as like a temperature check. Because she's a spiritual narcissist, which I didn't realize this in the moment, like and that wasn't my immediate reaction. My immediate reaction, if I'm being completely honest, was rage. I wanted to destroy this person. I wanted to become highly aggressive. I wanted to um, name call. I wanted to I wanted to explode. My rage level went from zero to a hundred in the blink of an eye. I was seeing red. I was so angry. And this this is interesting because I'll explain why I had such a severe response to this. But what she was making an attempt of doing was trying to plug into my crown. Now, that's not good. This is what cult leaders do. So the first thing that's happening is she was trying to gain moral high ground and superiority by basically saying, I need you to conform to my way of being so that I can mold you later on and you can be of service to me. I, I am spiritually superior to you because my use of words is more evolved than yours. See, I don't use labels like that because it would just, you know, it, do you get what I'm saying? Like she's trying to strong arm my crown into making me feel as if I do not have permission to be here or what I'm doing, experiencing, and how I'm being in this world is wrong, right? Because it would be it would be completely different if I was shouting a bunch of racial slurs at her. She, she was a white chick. But if I were using like racial slurs or something that are tied to a whole bunch of trauma and oppression. And that's a whole other story. But we're talking about a damn near harmless word, which is hippie. And I, I will use the word hippie until the day I die. So because she's trying to plug into my crown, that is what sparked rage. Because my body knew it before I did that I was dealing with a narcissist. And the reason why I have such a negative response to this is because I actually grew up in a home with borderline personality disorder, narcissists, and codependents. All three of those, I was drowning in personality disorders, narcissism, and it was not good. So now, as soon as I come in contact with somebody who is a narcissist, like my boxing gloves come up like no other. And this is why narcissists don't like me, because 
and if you listen to the chakra episode, you understand why this is the case. My crown is closed, so you can't plug into my crown. If something doesn't resonate or if something isn't working, it's going to fall off of my crown. It's just going to bounce off, which is how it should be. Not everyone has the same truth. So this was red flag number one. Now, I didn't respond with rage even though I wanted to. Oh, man, (laughs) you got to believe me. I was furious. So instead, I responded with, you know, I really don't spend my energy policing people's language. Um, I view labels as actually a way to create connective tissue between people, and this is a way that it actually creates community rather than separation because the the common ground that we share and what we call that can actually be really helpful and supportive and this is this is the type of stuff if we completely abandoned language if we didn't have any descriptors to like share share different essences of different communities at all um right and and we're talking about in a non-derogatory or oppressive way then what would we be doing? Like we wouldn't, how would we even make friends? Like we use labels each and every day. So whatever, I digress. I just sent her like a quick note about like, nope, I'm not into policing language. That's not my style. That's not what I do. And I also consider using labels to be a good thing. It was very short and sweet. Okay. So I, (laughs) it was really hard for me to keep my cool I, I want to be very clear, like, I was very much human in that moment. And so this is red flag number two. She tried to gaslight me after this. So first, she tries to gain spiritual superiority, moral superiority based on language for absolutely no fucking reason. Second red flag, she tries to gaslight me. And this looked like, I'm not policing anyone. I'm not policing anyone's language. I'm just letting you know what my personal choices are. So let me explain why this is gaslighting. She's actually shifting the focus off of what's actually happening, which is it's it's a power struggle. That's what's actually happening. And um, I will not back down from a power struggle at all, <laughs> just so we're clear. Uh, and then she met it with, No, you're the one that's crazy. Why would you be making up things like policing language? No, no, no. I'm just telling you a better way to be in this world because the way you are being isn't good enough. Okay, this is this is highly manipulative, highly, highly, highly manipulative and absolutely despicable. So after that, after this, I just stood my ground. I was like, nope, I fully feel that language is a way to empower people and we can wield it in an appropriate way. And that's what I'm doing. That is what I'm doing. Like I am, I'm trying to develop a rapport and a connection with this person and it turned into manipulation. So then the last nail in the coffin, the final red flag was when she used spiritual bypassing. So this was the last thing that she left in the conversation, which was, see, agree to disagree. This is the great thing about life. So I'm sure you can imagine I'm not exactly enthused by this interaction. This spiritual bypassing 
If you don't know, this is when you use a spiritual remark or comment to dismiss something or use it as a band-aid. Like, oh, let me just gloss over this with some spiritual bullshit. When in reality, there was a rupture that had occurred. Now, let me reframe this for you. In a healthy context, most healthy healers would either come from a place of curiosity, wonder, exploration, and be willing to do investigating with each other. That's most of the time because not everything is what it seems on the surface most of the time. So that's actually like a healthy healer would have said, oh, what do you, what do you mean by hippie? Like, could you clarify that? Like, what... Um, how have you found that in other cities or like tried to create some sort of context and, and paint a little bit more of a picture and get the full story because I'm using it in like a really endearing heartfelt way and she was using it as a weapon instead. So this is why I had a rage response, even though I didn't project that onto her. So that's another thing that I... I would say is important to keep in mind is like, even though that's what I wanted to do, I didn't have full clarity over the feelings and emotions. And so I needed to figure out what what, what was really going on. Like, why was I so furious? And so anyway, moving on, this conversation ends and I'm stewing and 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 stewing. Then I ended up calling a friend who is actually neutral, like a relatively new friend who I really click with, but who also is a really healthy spiritual practitioner. Very, very healthy intuitive. I I was quite shocked in all honesty. I was like, whoa, I haven't met someone who can really match my um, spiritual health. Uh, There's like very few people at this point in my life. There's maybe like five, six, or seven that I consider to be healthy. So I I was like, you know, I, I feel like you're neutral enough to kind of reflect back to me what's going on and just help me dig into this a little bit more and see what's going on. Because immediately after the interaction, I had to do some self-reflecting, right? Like d- the first question I'm going to ask myself is, did I inflict harm? Like, did I do something regardless of intent Was I doing something malicious? Was I doing something harmful? Was I doing something unconscious? And the more I sat with it, I was like, no, this is like straight up narcissism. And through that phone call with that friend, it was, it was outright manipulative. And I know that I'm not just saying that or that I I don't know what I'm talking about because, and I truly feel that because of my rage response. Had I felt maybe like shame or, or like, oh, wow, wow, I really misspoke there, right? Most of the time, even though I'm human and I fuck up on occasion, you know, that, that's a given, like (laughs) you're, you're going to do it. You're going to make an error. Um, I really felt so strongly that what I did was healthy, right? It was done in the right tone with the right intent. It was it was absolutely safe and healthy. I know that my body would not lead me astray. And 
So I, I reflected with a friend. I felt a lot better after that conversation. I was like, okay, like I'm really grounded in my perspective on this whole thing. So I, I think I'm, I'm just going to sit with it a little bit more. So I marinate, marinate, marinate with this information. I'm digesting. I'm reflecting again. And then, then it comes full circle. Then my suspicion is confirmed. So uh, about a week before this interaction with this narcissist, she posted something on her Instagram story that I think I overlooked at the time, but it gave me such clarity about the narcissism after the interaction. I recall the story that she told, which was about how she was using a friend and bleeding her dry and the friend ended up leaving her and saying no I don't want to be friends with you anymore and then I was like boom narcissist like she basically told on herself in that story her narcissistic behavior and this is where I was like, whoa, that that makes a lot of sense because a healthy healer will be able to do the rupture and repair thing. Like if there's a rupture, if there's a problem, if there's an issue, you can go to that healthy healer and say, look, this is where damage occurred. You know, this really inflicted harm or this hurt me, you know, what, what have you. Like that can be done with healthy healers. And in that process of repairing anything that has been messed up, you're able to create deeper intimacy as a result. So rupture and repair is really important. Um, Friction is really important because that's actually what creates more trust and connection. Okay, so this is where I was just like red flags, alarm bells are like have been going off about this situation the entire time. When I remembered that story, I was just like, yep, I I would bet you money because there's a lot of healers that struggle with codependency. I have been there. I, I have uh, recovered a large part of my codependency. Um, my, my boundaries are really, really solid now. I slip up from time to time, but most most often healers have an issue with codependency. That's most of the time. And then occasionally you'll get a spiritual narcissist like this. And what happens is the spiritual narcissists will siphon energy off of other people. They'll like, they're energetic vampires essentially, and they're incapable of self-reflection. And so I would bet money that this chick did not do some self-reflecting based on the interaction that we had. I would bet you money that she um, uses a whole hell of a lot of people. And I would bet you money that um, this is a very wounded person. This is a highly, highly, highly wounded person. I guarantee you. That that doesn't mean it gives her permission to behave that way at all. I, I don't fucking like her, <laughs> uh, so I'm just I'm just gonna be straight up. Like I don't have any time for spiritual narcissists, and I will cut that shit off immediately. Immediately, like I, I'm I'm not here for this. So, anywho, this was my my experience, and I thought it was just. A good example of a spiritual narcissist. So remember, the red flags that I experienced were, one, her trying to gain spiritual or moral high ground. And essentially, the energy of it was, 
I'm talking down to you. Like my choices are better than yours. My language is better than yours, right? That Because that that is what she's communicating. Because if you scrape the surface of that, there's actually nothing underneath not using the word hippie. It's exclusively a power move. So that's that's part of the problem, right? And then the second thing is gaslighting. So when she tried to gaslight me, I was like, dude, this is unreal. The fact that she's trying to make me feel crazy because I am standing in my truth. And the third red flag was spiritual bypassing. It's like that is that is hallmark spiritual narcissist through and through. So let me tell you another story about another spiritual narcissist. So this happened a couple years ago. Um, I was in a very, very dark place mentally. Um, I was extremely suicidal. I did not want to be on the planet. It was like 911 calls on a regular basis. And um, I was friends with somebody at the time who is technically a spiritual practitioner, but I knew that this friend of mine had really poor boundaries, like absolutely horrific boundaries. Um, and she ended up referring me to a practitioner friend of hers. And this should have been my first red flag. Like it should have been, I, I should not have taken the referral because I understand this friend has bad boundaries. I get on the phone with the person she referred me to. I'm planning on doing some work with this person, and it involves Akashic Records. This is very intense work. If you're having someone tamper with your Akashic Records in any way, shape, or form, you need to grill them. You need to ask a lot of questions. You need to vouch for their safety, And that would be my biggest recommendation because I understand that bad things can happen if you're doing Akashic record work. Um, It can really, really, you can do more harm than good if you're not safe about it. So I got on the phone with her and I grilled this chick. I asked her about every single thing I could possibly imagine having to do with safety. I double and triple checked. I expressed my concern. And as a matter of fact, I let her know that I had been dealing with suicidal ideation for quite a long time, that I was in a very dark space, and and I wanted to make sure it was still safe to move forward with this work, even though I was in that dark headspace. You know, I had like a healing team. I had a therapist. I had a... um a massage therapist, I had a body worker, I had a lot of practitioners on my side at the time. So I felt supported enough to move forward with this work. When I did the, it was fine, like the the experience of it was fine, you know, nothing bad, but towards the end of this session, she, and we spent like an hour on the phone prior to this discussing safety. At the end of the session, the last thing she says is, oh, and by the way, if you start vomiting or have diarrhea or you get headaches or nightmares or anything like that, you know, just chalk it up to uh, you're spiritually sick. Click, and she hangs up on me. I want to be very clear. This is wrong. This is wrong. This was a violation of my safety. This was extremely unethical. This is absolutely despicable behavior on all levels. So 
this is straight up wrong, especially after I was adamant I I wanted to know the ins and outs of every single safety precaution that she was taking, every single risk that I was taking doing this work. And she did not tell me this after until I had already agreed to pay her, do the service, and then ultimately, you know, move forward with it. And she didn't tell me until the tail end of doing the work. That's fucked. That's fucked. You shouldn't do that to somebody, especially if you're a practitioner yourself. Don't do that. That's not okay. Now, this practitioner invited me to text her and reach out to her if she needed any, if I needed anything, which I did. Of course, I'm suicidal. I'm having a hard time. I'm in a dark space. I don't know if, if, anything is going wrong with the work that she's done. I don't know how to handle it on my own. I've never had this done before. I have no idea if if it's me or if it's the work that I'm going through. So then this practitioner, again, spiritual bypassing, I think she sent me an Abraham Hicks meditation. I wanted to tell her to go fuck herself, if I'm being totally honest. I'm like, that is not the way you respond to someone who is in a, a super dark headspace. You just don't. When somebody's in a dark headspace, you know what you do. I hear you. I see you. I hear you. I see you. I hear you. I see you. Because until the person feels seen, it won't shift. So she invited me. Remember, she told me it was okay for me to reach out to her. Now I'm doing that. I am in distress. I am doing this deep trauma work and healing. I have all these practitioners that I'm working with, and I am using every tool that I can to reach out. So I used the word fuck in a text message to her. And it wasn't, it wasn't at her. I was just like, man, I'm fucking sick of this. Like, I'm, I'm so tired of doing this work. She basically, like, shot me down and told me, like, that I was being disrespectful for using the word fuck and that um, she was, and I'm like, really, you're a spiritual practitioner and you can't handle the word fuck? You're in the wrong business. All right. <laughs> you're just you're in the you're in the wrong line of work, like straight up, if you're going to be a stickler about language. So then she was like, "My child can read." Okay, so let me let me explain and unpack what's happening. This practitioner who invited me to text her is now saying that I was supposed to telepathically understand that she had text preview on her phone and that she was was working in front of her child and that I wasn't allowed to use certain words in front uh, that that I wasn't allowed to use certain words in text messages and I'm supposed to just know all of this even though I'm the I'm the client and she is the practitioner and she's the one who's supposed to be holding boundaries so this is another narcissistic tactic this is something where she was trying to shift blame onto me now I have a wound that's wide open around being not being able to reach out because this person who said, oh, of course you can reach out to me. Look at me. I'm warm and mothering. And then who wants to, you know, take a take a slash to my heart once I get close and once I'm vulnerable. 
this is dangerous. This is very dangerous, toxic healer behavior, and I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. Toxic healers, we don't know them. We don't know them. I I just remember, um, I think I said something to the effect of, you know, I, I didn't understand that I was responsible for your text preview being on your phone. Like, I, I and I let her know, like, I'm not going to be reaching out to you again. This is done. And after that, she spiritually bypassed me again. Again, she did this and resorted to almost a sales pitchy tone. Then after I had reflected back, like, this is, this is not okay. I know that I'm 100% behaving okay because you are the one who gave me the green light. You do not give someone the green light to do something and then get angry when they take you up on it. Not okay. Not okay. So as a practitioner, it's on you to set boundaries, not your client. Bottom line, there is no exception to this rule. Okay, and and it would be different if you set a boundary and a client violates it. That's different. That is that is then the burden is on the client because you've set the boundary in place, and that's when you would either enter a negotiation or set the boundary again. So I whatever, this this happens, and then I tell my friend about it because I feel like this is really important information for her to have about, you know, this is the reality of your friend who is practicing this deep Akashic record work, and I think it's really unsafe, and, and you know, I had a, a really bad experience with your friend. Like, you need to be careful with who you're referring out to people. Like, I trusted you and that was on me. Like, I take responsibility for the fact that I trusted you when I wasn't supposed to. But um, I reflected this back, and then my friend abandoned me. She she chose the unhealthy practitioner over me. And I get it, it because my friend is, or my ex-friend, is codependent. You know, and so she's going to be a magnet for narcissists, and, and that's the way it goes. And, and she has poor boundaries, and so she's going to automatically click into people who have um, a vacuous personality and who, who are toxic. So anyway, that's that's all I've got on that. But I thought that those examples would be really good for you guys to know because these are things that, that still happen to me to this day. And the only thing that's been able to like repair this is really being exposed to healthy healers and healthy practitioners, as well as, you know, having good, having good friends, like, like people who will just hear me and, and see me like that's honestly medicine and knowing that your feelings are valid, like your feelings about this stuff. If you're self-reflecting and you understand that, that you're not actually in the wrong Trust that. Like, I don't think that enough people trust themselves, and that's why narcissists are able to successfully manipulate people, is because people don't trust their crown. And it's kind of like, when I say fucking because I'm upset, and, um, you know, I was like, I'm, God, I'm, I'm so fucking tired of this. That's an appropriate thing for me to be saying when I'm distressed and when I'm upset. And when I, when I said, um, you know, hippie and in terms of referring to like a vibe, I know that I'm 100% standing in my truth. I am not being derogatory or harmful in any way. 
these are just two examples of spiritual practitioners that were trying to gaslight me and manipulate. And the only reason why I've been able to, you know, steer clear of behavior like this is because one, I'm very experienced with narcissists and personality disorders. I can spot them immediately. Um, Abusers are very clear to me. And the other thing is doing this work myself and understanding like, if I fuck up with a client, it's on me and and I need to take responsibility for that. Anything that I do that is um, harmful, you know, I can take responsibility for that and I'm able to repair that with people. That's something that I know I have the capacity to do and I'm willing to do. I'm willing to self-reflect and I... I, I just think that that's something that all of us should look for in our healers is somebody who's really willing to do rupture and repair, who's willing to self-reflect and, and understand that when you're in a position of power, it takes a lot of responsibility and it, or it comes with a lot of responsibility and that needs to be that needs to be honored. That needs to be understood by spiritual practitioners. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Like you are in a power position and you need to fucking check yourself. And that's all I'm saying. (sighs) And on that note, let's go ahead and do a prayer. I'm thinking that because this episode was so intense, and I'm sure a lot of you, now that you're listening to it, you're like, oh my god, I have totally been around a spiritual narcissist. Or you might even be reflecting on other people who have had experiences like this. So what I'm kind of feeling in terms of the collective healing is I'm just sending out lots of support and you can be in agreement with this that anyone who's had a negative experience with a practitioner or who has been betrayed by someone that they were vulnerable with or if you've ever been let down by somebody who was holding space for you, I am just sending you so much love and support and I'm in full agreement for you to have positive, healthy experiences with practitioners in the future or for you to have the courage to speak up to those practitioners who might be missing you in the moment. Because it it does happen. Remember that healers are also human. So like I said, there's there is absolutely a potential for there to be errors that are made. But the more we can kind of empower people to look at themselves and, and take inventory of what it is that they're doing, the better off we're going to be. And you know, just be, I I hope that more of us are willing to repair things that might happen with people that we're holding space for. That is honestly just such an important part of the work that I do. And so um, I'm just sending out all sorts of uh, support for you guys to have experiences with healthy, healthy, healthy healers, no matter what shape or size they come in. Okay, so you guys know the drill. Let's pull a card for the week. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you just need some guidance for this week, but let's see what's coming up. Ooh, Nine of Cups. I'm into this. Thank you very much. Wishes fulfilled. Dreams coming true. Great week to manifest, I tell you. Uh, Granted, it's always a good time to manifest unless you're in a really sour mood. I don't recommend manifesting if you're angry. But this is something where 
you can probably call things in pretty quickly if you're if you're taking steps to manifest and this is also a good week for luck so if you're if you're wanting to have a difficult conversation if you're wanting to uh, maybe take a risk or do something big for yourself or take a leap. This is a good week to do it. It seems like you are really supported with that nine of cups. So best of luck to each and every one of you who are taking some exciting risks this week. And until next time, Please, please, please share this episode if you have enjoyed this or if somebody else needs to hear it. If you are listening to this, please tag me on Instagram at Onyx Healing. I would love to know your guys' thoughts on it and what experiences you have had. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, go ahead and send an email to hello at onyxhealing.com. And if you need some support from me, you guys know I'm always available to for for holding space for you and helping you to heal. So you're welcome to check out the show notes or go to onyxhealing.com if you're looking for some healing work yourself. And until next time, have a beautiful week, everybody, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.